Good morning. I think we could say that church is over after reading that scripture. Now, I must add that Dan is sitting with quivering emotions that I'm going to talk about him. I have a deep appreciation for that brother. I have a deep appreciation for Pastor John. And I'm honored to be here um, as I've spoken to some of the men of this church twice on men's retreats. Can you believe, according to scriptures, that Jesus said these tough, harsh, to the point, demanding words of direction? They seem incredibly tough. What we need to remember is that these words are spelling out some of the requirements and, if you will, a positioning of people's heads and hearts toward following him as a result of the cross that he would eventually mount, die upon, and then be raised to new life. Now remember, the cross was not a word or a concept in Jewish history. It was a Roman word for the most terrible form of death and dying that could be experienced. Now perhaps we can think of other ways of dying that are terrible, but for the Roman world in that time, mounting a cross and dying, a very, very slow, painful death was cruel and unusual punishment. So why do we need to be reminded of the cross? What does the cross symbolize? First, Jesus' cross was the price of his presence in the world that did not want what he was bringing. It was the price of his countercultural obedience. The cross of the disciples in this text is the same. He is saying, you'll have enemies, you'll have friends, you'll have people, you'll have problems with all of these. And some of the enemies we actually face are our own self-disciplines, our allegiances or commitments that we make at any point in time in the cycle of our lives, even loving we things we think and feel is right and honorable to love, parents, children, homes, jobs. Jesus' singular life vocation was made up of discipline and obedience. In our day, discipline has been shattered in most of us and obedience is anything godly certainly become, has become ungodly and less than desired. The truth is the cross is a singular reminder. If we be Christian, then we are willing to carry the cross of death to life into each day that we live and also to live in the manner of Jesus, doing what he did and saying things that he would say. 
Jesus is also saying, don't follow me or call yourself by my name, Christian, unless you're ready to count the cost and pay the dues of everyday obedience. Nothing can be more meaningful or liked by us than our love for the cross. Hating our mothers and fathers? But when you compare these words to loving the cross, it makes sense, as tough as it is to hear it. A second reason to remember the cross is the work of salvation is an eternal and God-ordained work through Christ. The suffering uh, servant role that Jesus lived is parallel to the fact that because of our choice to sin a lot, someone from God's perspective had to make a way to break the burden and the debt of sin that is the meaning of the atonement at one moment in time. Someone has said Jesus paid a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt that we could not pay. Without the cross, we are left in our sin-ridden world and existence without any way out. We cannot forget the power of the cross, the purpose of the cross, and the place of the cross in the history of time. Without Christ's victory on the cross, the purpose of the cross means nothing. Without Christ's victory on the cross, we are left for dead and a dead end at the point of death. Kings and rulers and presidents and any other kind of leader that leads us as a people, a nation, throughout the world, most often have one thing in their mind. How can they save us? How can they make our life better? How can they make us more financially well off? How can they help us to suffer through life and make it to some better day sometime? Just remember, Jesus called us to self-death, and a dead person owns nothing. A dead person can't love anymore the things that he or she has so loved. Jesus' victory on the cross was not for a day, but for all days. Not just for some people, but for all people. Not just in this age, but ageless. Has the church forgotten to remind people in a powerful way that if it were not for the cross, we would not be the church a gathered people, like right now in this place at this moment in time. A holy people set apart to do the work of witnessing in and through our lives. A third point about the cross, and this may make you stumble in your thinking for a moment, but whatever else we can say, we have to begin by saying that there had to be a cross because Jesus had literally frightened the authorities of the day. Crowds followed him. 
He was identifying evil things in society and culture of the day. There was even a parade made available for him. He cleansed the temple. He interfered with the day's religious rites and rituals, and he even interfered with their economic life. He even called himself a king. So they killed him. They were frightened of him. They ran scared of him. And so the cross, to get rid of the menace, was the only way for the government of the day to take back control. His crime was labeled King of the Jews. The cross was a way to control the people. Interesting, isn't it? That as we look around today, and throughout Christian history, not much has changed. Governments, other people, they all try to save us to no end. Leaders all over the world are trying to control people's minds, hearts of commitments, and their money and ways of living. Just think for a moment, just think. How many world leaders have in their control of people and cultures have literally destroyed the very things they were trying to save and change? In Christian history, nothing compares to the eternal truth of the cross. This is the way, walk ye in it. This is the way to carefully walk through our days in our cultural setting to remain faithful to the gospel of Jesus Christ day in and day out. With the cross, the doors of sinful humankind were open to inspection, and the Holy Spirit then uses the cross, a symbol for meaning and value, through it all, all the days of our lives, to give us meaning and hope. Listen, beyond the grave. You see, in the days that Jesus mounted the cross, the society and culture of the day were both thriving in some ways and dying in others. Governments ruled by decrees and values were dictated by leaders who were stealing from the people to pay for their way. Again, not much has changed in 2,000 years. The cross is the basis for the Christian walk. Not any one leader or cultural ethic, or societal norm. The cross represents the walk of Jesus in not compromising with society, but demanding that society play a better game of treating people with respect and not abusing them. Helping leaders to understand their role as leader could be short-lived once the people woke up to how they were really being treated abused, or not cared for. Jesus turned things upside down. That's the most and the least you can say about him. And it was because he mounted the cross. You have two crosses sitting here in front of you. And the thing that we have to remember about the cross is that there was a pole stuck into the earth, almost as a barb, 
reminding us this is the connection between earth and heaven above. But it also reminds us of something else. It divides everything on this plane. But in the resurrection, it was all brought together. We cannot walk the disciples' life unless we are changed by the cross of Christ. We have no other definition for Christianity than the cross of Jesus. He was a divinely human man sent by God to save the world from its own destruction. That is where discipleship and the walk become important today. Remember the cross did not happen yesterday, though each year we celebrate its remembrance. It is the founding element and historical act that started a Christ movement based on his words and the promise of his own resurrection. When the disciples, when the disciples realized that Jesus did speak truth, after his life and death, a moment was born that even yet is still growing. Nothing has put Christianity to, to sleep. Nothing has stopped it. It's threatened, but the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It does need you and me to walk the story and talk the cross and the truth of the cross. And that is what is needed in the church most discipleship. Discipleship of young children, youth in high school, young adults, middle-aged adults, and older adults. Like me, at 76, I just had my 76th birthday, and I'm going to live to be another 150 years old. <laughs> and my wife is scared to death. <laughs> a disciple is a follower of Jesus. Discipleship means that we come along beside, that's the ship side of disciple. We come along beside people to show them through our life and our way of living what it means to be a follower of the cross. It really does simply mean that we come along others and help them to understand both the fact of the cross and the meaning of the cross. I found an interesting thing. You know, uh, many of you are on Facebook, I'm sure. Whether we should be or not is another whole question. I'm on Facebook, and you know how the memories pop up? My memory came up on the 11th of July in 2012. And I actually wrote this in one of my posts on Facebook, and I said back then, discipleship means personal, passionate devotion to the person of Jesus Christ not a program, or even necessarily a church, but a person. My added reflection after reading that and reading lots of things is my mind hasn't changed in these seven years. Discipleship is following Jesus Christ. The following after Jesus, the witnessing to his fact of being is all and only because of the cross. The more the cross of Jesus Christ is witnessed to and proclaimed from pulpits, the less people will see in us trying to work this out. They'll see the cross in us. 
They'll sense the presence of Jesus in us. That's the Holy Spirit at work in us. You see, the cross is the power behind the disciples' life. The cross is the purpose behind the disciples' life. The cross is the meaning behind the disciples' life. The cross is the way for a disciple's life. The cross is the sign of victory in the disciples' life. And the cross is the end result of a disciple's life. People do not need to see us as a final mark of identity for meaning and purpose. They need to see the power of Christ in us. I don't want to draw men to me because I'm going to fail them. I believe I'm honoring God, but I don't want them to follow me. I did not die on a cross. I want them to follow the Jesus that is in my life. We are a people that are so self-centered on what we think, what we believe to be right, where we want to go, and how we want meaning out of our lives. We live as though we have all the answers and all the truth, and we don't. Left alone, and some of the men of this church has heard one of my most famous things that I proclaim, left alone, we men and you women are accidents waiting to happen. That's why we need Christ at the center of hearts and emotions and passions and desires. I fear today the church has become a rudderless rudderless institution unless Christ is the head. He is the rudder. He guides us. He gives us meaning and fulfillment and purpose and direction. If you want your church to be a vital witness for Jesus, as in being awesome disciples, you and I must each get out of the way and allow Christ to be the way for the church to grow. You see, the pain of self-sufficiency, of self-leading, is that we have to always keep coming up with new ways of meaning and direction. When we let the cross of Christ's victory lead us, The scripture gives us all the meaning and purpose we need. We need to get back into the Bible, into the story of our own salvation. That is what the Bible is about. We are the same kind of actors that we find in scriptures. People lost who are given a way to life and meaning. Don't ever let yourself say this. Boy, if those people in Scripture had only thought differently and only obeyed differently, they wouldn't have had such a hard time. What about us? We are no different than them. We're born into a sinful world needing to be reconciled by the cross of Christ just as the same as as bold, outspoken, Peter, I think each of our middle names are Peter or Peterette. (laughs) What am I trying to say? Let me bring this to a close. You're getting tired. It's getting warm. What am I saying? Ask yourself if you're willing to live in the power of the cross of Christ. Ask yourself if you're willing to live by the virtues found in the life of Jesus as he lived among people day in and day out. 
Ask yourself if you're willing to be a good witness of Jesus deep within your heart and mind and soul and get out of the way. So back to the scripture this morning that Dan read. And by the way, in that chapter, starting with verse 25 or earlier, there's even more stuff in there that's hard to read. The builder started to build is just the same as we started out believing in Jesus. We say, Jesus loves me, this I know. I learned that in Sunday school. But have we finished the task? The very nature of God is love. He loved a broken world so much, broken people like you and me so much, that this God of love did not have an option but to give and show love through his son, Jesus. The cross was cruel, but it was purposeful. It was cruel, but it was needed. The scripture adds at the end, none of you can become my disciples if you do not give up all your possessions. An exegesis of this passage really amounts to this. Get out of the way. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. What you have, you cannot take with you. So we might as well learn how to live more centered in Jesus today. Having all the possessions, having the best job, having the most money, having the most beautiful car in the parking lot out there will not save you. In fact, it can be a hindrance. I'm not saying you have to be poor. I'm not saying you can't have things, but you can't love them. When you have something, you give it to Jesus. You give your home to Jesus. Say, Jesus, you've provided this home. Let it be a place of hospitality. You have a car. Let me find people that I can help by giving them a lift. If you have extra dollars in your pocket, don't hang on to them. There's not going to be a, a, a bank in heaven. You see, we need, we need to come to terms with a new way of not trying to manipulate the scriptures. Well, it doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean this. What it means is come to Jesus naked as it were and let him bless you. Let him give you fulfillment and meaning because that's why he mounted that cross. There was no other reason. You see, saving our soul is a part of a whole. Body, mind, soul, and spirit. And when the church forgets to preach the cross, the people do not know how to walk. It is that simple. In the days after the resurrection, there's one of the most amazing passages of Scripture in the book of Acts, which, by the way, is my favorite book. It's an incarnational story of the early church for which we should be thankful as a gathered body this morning. But there's a passage in Acts 4.13 now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John 
and perceived that they were uneducated, common, ordinary men, they were astonished. You ready for this? And they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Ordinary people. But they had been with Jesus. The early Christians were dependent upon the truth of the cross. And we are still as dependent as ever. And they were dependent upon the cross because in the cross was the power of resurrection for new life, a new way of living. And that was in the person of Jesus Christ. Let that be the proclamation of the church this day and forever. Will you pray? Father, I find myself so often saying, I don't know who needs to hear the words that you give me to speak. But I will trust that there are ears that have heard and that they will have hearts that intend to think about these words, to engage with them, to find the meaning for their life in them. Lord, these are your gathered people. These are your saints. These are the people who carry the banner and the message of the cross in their walk as disciples. I pray, O oh God, blessing upon blessing of them. Individuals, married couples, children, youth, whoever they are. Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will renew a deep desire, if not passion, to understand our complete dependency on your cross, a cross of salvation, a cross of new life, a cross of victory. May it be so in this place. May your hand of blessing be upon each one. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now ask the ushers to come forward, please.